0: Good day everyone, welcome to Saturated in Scripture. Well greetings everyone, you are tuning into Saturated in Scripture, a weekly devotional program designed to help you taste and see the sweetness of the Gospel in Scripture. This podcast is a ministry of Grace Point Presbyterian Church in Sydney. My name is Elliot and I'm your host for the program. Every week we gather across our city and around our world to pause in order to hear what God has to say to us through his word and spirit. For the year 2023, we are as a church working our way through the entire book of the Psalms. The aim of all of this is to dive deep into God's word so that we may firstly gain a greater sense of clarity about who God is and his plans for the world, so that we may secondly know who we are in light of all of that and how we are to live. This is a reminder that our readings for this week is Psalms 4 to 6, that's Psalms chapter 4 to chapter 6, and our psalm in focus for this episode is Psalm chapter 5. If you're able to, let me invite you to keep your Bibles open as we read our psalm for the week. I am reading from the NIV version, hear God's word. It says, Listen to my words, Lord. Consider my lament. Hear my cry for help, my King and my God, for to you I pray. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. For you are not a God who is pleased with wickedness. With you, evil people are not welcome. The arrogant cannot stand in your presence. You hate all who do wrong. You destroy those who tell lies. The bloodthirsty and deceitful you, Lord, detest. But I, by your great love, can come into your house. In reverence I bow down toward your holy temple. Lead me, Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. Not a word from their mouth can be trusted. Their heart is filled with malice. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues they tell lies. Declare them guilty, O God. Let their intrigues be their downfall. Banish them for their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. This is the word of the Lord. Church, do you ever feel like you need to be polite with God? I'm not sure what your upbringing in the faith is. Maybe uh, you became a Christian later in life, or maybe you're like me, and you were brought up in a Christian family. I grew up in a Christian environment, and in our family, we spoke of God with respect and reverence. The God of the Bible is a holy and transcendent God. He is loving to be sure, but his otherworldly nature meant that the tone of my prayers to God were often a little stern. The contents of my prayer were fairly conservative and PG. I always felt like I had to be polite with God. In fairness, perhaps my Malaysian-Chinese upbringing and attitude towards authority shaped the way I viewed and related to God. And maybe it's this combination of a high view of God and a high view of authority that when I read passages like these, I'm I'm shocked and stunned by what it has to say. If you think about it, it is stunning, surprisingly, and quite honestly, a little bit uncomfortable. Now, these are kind of strong words you may say. Well, why is that? Because you see, this psalm is the first instant in the entire book where the psalmist prays for the personal downfall of his enemies. He is literally praying for them to be banished. Read along with me in your Bibles. In verses 1 to 2, the psalmist is asking God to hear his words and to consider his lament, to hear his cry and to hear his prayer. And then in verses 3 to 6, the psalmist highlights God's character. Uh, He is one who despises wickedness, says verse 4. He rejects evil people, verses 4 to 5. He hates wrongdoers, that's verse 5. He destroys liars, verse 6. And lastly, he detests the bloodthirsty and the deceitful. What we see clearly here is that God is an absolutely righteous God who does good, who loves truth and protects the needy and the vulnerable. This is God's character. But I'd like, I'd like you to turn your attention to verse 10 with me. Verse 10 says this Declare them guilty, O God. Let their intrigues be their downfall. Banish them for their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. Now let's just pause for a moment to realize something here. This is David speaking in context. He is fleeing his enemy Absalom and is running for his life. And I just want us to notice how real, how earthy and how honest the Bible is about the human condition and about our fallen world. There is no hiding or sugarcoating it. The Bible is not hypothetical and abstract about human pain and suffering. It is painfully honest and unflinching with real life emotions, so much so that cries like these make it into Holy Scripture. Now, this is a bit foreign for us. We, we live in a culture of general politeness. But don't you see, we are here given permission to not be polite with God. Now, it needs to be clear, right? We are not called to be rude or disrespectful. But it's also clear that as children of God, we don't need to be shy about voicing out and bringing our desperate pleas about living in a broken world. To bring all of these things to him who hears. Because here is the thing. David cries like this because he knows God cares. Rather than wallow, David in verses 11 to 12 rests in God as his refuge. It says here, verses 11 to 12, there is joy in the Lord. There is protection for those under his care. He will not let brokenness and wickedness have the last word. David is confident that God will get involved. David knows that God is not going to stay at a distance and just observe how we cope. No, David has this assurance that God is going to step into his world and bring all of this to an end, to bring an end to his pain. And dear church, we have a greater assurance, don't we? Because in Christ, we see God himself becoming human. God in Jesus Christ gets involved in human history. He gets involved in your life and my life. He knows all of our groans, our frustrations and our worries, and he puts it all to an end at the cross. So here are a couple of implications that we can consider. Firstly, what we see in this passage is that our God is not a God who will tolerate wickedness and injustice. We see that in our text, don't we? The arrogant will not stand, the liars will not get away with it, and the wicked will not go unpunished. That's comfort to those who feel powerless in the face of unjust systems. That's hope for those who feel like there's nothing they can do to resist the forces that are against them. God, who is all-powerful and all-loving, despises all of these things as much as we do and even more than we do because he is holy. The encouragement for us here is that wrongs will be made right. God will not tolerate wickedness and injustice. Secondly, because implication one is true, then you and I do not need to wallow in the face of unjust circumstances. We don't have to wallow in the face of unjust circumstances. Now, this is not to say that we cannot grieve. Of course we can. This entire psalm is a psalm of grief and sorrow. But the psalmist shows us that it is possible to voice our heart's concerns without becoming a victim of our own circumstances. It is possible to voice our heart's concerns without becoming a victim of our own circumstances. Just as there is comfort for those who know that God does not tolerate wickedness, there is confidence for those who know in the words of verse 11 that there is refuge, joy, and protection for those who lean closely on the Lord. Thirdly, since implications 1 and 2 are true, then it also tells us that we do not need to be polite with God. In other words, I hope you know that you and I are invited to pray, to cry, and to groan to God in our circumstances as a true expression of this world's brokenness, but also as a true expression of Christian hope and longing. See, if other worldviews are true, if pain and suffering is just an illusion, if it's just our fate, or if it's just karma, then we actually have no reason to cry out. And no one is there to hear us, no one can do anything about it. Life is just the way it is. Yet God in Jesus Christ says, This world as we know it will not last forever. Our futures are incredibly bright. And this is why you and I are encouraged to pray, Come, Lord Jesus, come. So here is a point to ponder this week. Do you feel like you need to be polite with God? And uh, what is your view of God? My hope and prayer this week is that you see you don't have to be polite with him. You can cry out to him, you can pray to him, you can reach out to him with all your griefs and sorrows, knowing that he will right all wrongs. Church, let's pray together. Our gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you for entering into our worlds we thank you that you do not stay at a cold distance. No, you've come into the nitty-gritty and brokenness of our lives. And you come not just as one who is just and all-powerful, you come as one who loves us. So Lord and God, we thank you that you hear us not on account of how well we pray, not on account of how much we suffer, you hear us on account of Christ and all that he has accomplished for us. And so, Lord and God, may Psalm 5 continue to deepen our comfort in you and our confidence in you as we continue to cry out to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for another week here at Saturated in Scripture. I hope and pray that you've been able to taste the sweetness of Scripture with us. Until next week, delight in the law of the Lord.